Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Robbie Samuels. Robbie is an author, speaker, and a business growth strategy coach. He's been recognized as a networking expert by Harvard Business Review, Forbes, Lifehacker, and Inc. Plus, he's an industry expert in the field of digital event design. So if y'all are still building out those virtual Zoom events, you need to give Robbie a call. Check him out first before you do any harm. Robbie hosts a popular podcast on the schmooze. We had a chance to catch up there a little while ago. And he's the author of two wonderful books, Croissants versus Bagels, Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking at Conferences, highly recommend that, and most recently, Small List, Big Results, Launch a Successful Offer, No Matter the Size of Your Email List. Robbie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joe. Pleasure to be here. So tell me what you wish more people knew. I wish people knew the importance of building an audience before creating a solution and trying to sell it to um, a group of people or a market that doesn't know you, doesn't know about the idea, and doesn't really care. It's so counter to what we do, right? I mean, most people think they stumble upon this great idea, they have this stroke of insight, and then they immediately try to market and peddle that idea to all the people who they think will be interested. It's kind of the opposite. They usually actually do a middle step, which is they go away on their own and like build it in their, <laughs> like they, they create it. They, 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 whatever that means, it could be like creating video or setting up a website or like they, they invest time, money, and energy into it, which means they really don't want to change course because now it's their baby. So yeah. they, they become more resistant to feedback and then they take it to the marketplace and they hear crickets. So. I'm suggesting that you connect with people within your existing network who already know, like, and trust you, remember your name, and you'd love to hear from them out of blue. So why not reach out, have a conversation, if they're a likely prospect, learn what they are struggling with, and then co-create the next steps, the offer, the solution that they will help you test, they will help you pilot, and you'll be creating a runway for your, for your idea as opposed to starting at a standstill. Now, if you have a huge list, <laughs> then you can take off without a runway because you own helicopters, plural probably. Yeah. But most of us do not operate where we have that kind of luxury. So for those of us that you know need to create a groundswell of support for anything we do, my suggestion is to build that groundswell of support before getting attached to a particular solution. I love that because most people would think that, oh, if I just have a great idea, the demand will follow and you're arguing the opposite, it's that create an engaged audience that will demand your ideas. And, and that concept, though common sense, is hardly common practice. Yeah, I think that the mismatch is that the ideas that we come up with, the solutions we come up with, are disproportionate to what people think they need. So I talk in the book about little p problems or symptom aware, and that's where people are, that we're we're trying to sell our ideas to, they don't see the big picture like we do. So they're not problem aware. They're just little P problem aware or symptom aware. So when you suggest this solution to what you think of as the big problem, they're looking at you crack-eyed because it doesn't make sense to them. Like you're not talking to them. And that I think is the biggest mistake because it probably is what people need. 
but we can't sell people what they need. We have to sell them what they want and then give them what they need. And I wish I knew who said that adage because it's so true. Yes, yes. So I guess I'm thinking about people who aren't in an entrepreneurial space, because this certainly makes a lot of sense for anyone trying to bring new ideas to market uh, as entrepreneurs. And certainly this book is gonna make a tremendous world of difference for them as they navigate their, their pipelines and their prospects. But for those out there listening who find themselves within their organizations, it seems to me there is a space here and an opportunity for entrepreneurism, even within an organizational structure. You know, people bringing new ideas to their bosses, people marketing themselves for new opportunities. What advice and what strategies would you give to people like that who are trying to build an audience for their idea, staying engaged, staying relevant, but also getting results? So the term is entrepreneur. Uh, and there's a great body of work now about that. But you're reminding me that I've actually been doing this a really long time. I, I'm going back to college and I'm in my late 40s. And I remember I used to do what I would call a whisper campaign. So I get an idea and I would just start talking about it with different people. And I would talk to, you know, six people. And if the first six people, I got like a, a sort of dull response, <laughs> I wouldn't keep going, you know. But if I started to get a little bit of enthusiasm, of course, I refined it as I went. So then I would tell a few more people and I would start be talking about it in a sort of a conceptual way. What do you think about? And then I would ask people like to chime in. And, and so by the time I said, hey, why don't we do X? I could then turn to anyone in the meeting and say, what do you think? And they've been thinking about it. They've contributed to what the vision looks like. They feel a little ownership about this happening. And it's far more successful than me coming to a meeting no one's heard about this idea. And then I get up and I do my pitch deck and people are like, huh. And they, it just might be, they aren't ready for it. Yeah. They, they're, they're just like caught off guard. They, they don't understand how it fits with the, the, the overall vision. Like it was at a left, who knows? It's also hard for people to be excited about other people's ideas in the workplace sometimes. And so much better to have a lot of co-authors to an idea, you know, to, mm -hmm. to have co-collaborators from the start. And that will get you funding more quickly, resources more quickly, action to completion more quickly than you needing to be the one who gets sole credit. And the idea might just die because you didn't build support for it. The other thing, Joe, is the outcome is often way better than if you worked on it by yourself. I mean, just the title of my book changed dramatically from when I was drafting it in the beginning back in 2018 to what it happened to be when I finally you know, brought it out into the world because of the feedback from my would-be readers. I do feel that we, we need to almost build and get out of the way. That was a mantra I had. Uh, I, I've, I've created a lot of community groups and that was always a concept, like building it out of the way. And I was in charge of the, the container for what we were creating, but what happened in that container had to be you know, a lot of input. And so building it out of the way, because if I, if I make it about me, First of all, I'm, I'm I, in the context of my book, I'm not my ideal reader, right? Like you're not your ideal, whomever you're trying to pitch to. Um, you don't need, like, you know, if, if you need it, then just do it for yourself <laughs> and don't try to get anyone else on board. Like, you know, if you want to do it, just do it. But if you're trying to get other people on board with an idea, you need to be really clear on who you're doing it for. Mm -hmm. And just with my book cover, I really liked this blue book cover. It had like, you know, networking kind of diagram. I just spoke to me because like, I understand the solution is networking. 
And then I realized like, oh, my ideal reader is a woman, an entrepreneurial woman in her 50s. And uh, she's really liking this white background that had this like Wi-Fi symbol on it. And oh, they don't know that networking is the solution. Like, right. Like, so I changed my subtitle. I changed everything because I was like, I have to, what is the problem people think they have? They don't have a big enough list. They don't have enough support yet. Right. And I'm like, no, you have an entire network. You, you know, so I just think that get out of the way. Like, it's not about what you like or don't like. It's like, does it resonate with the people you're trying to support and reach and help? Because that's what matters. And I think if we build it in a silo or, you know, in a vacuum, we get a little too ego attached to it. And it makes it really difficult to shift gears um, as, as a person. I mean, I just think it's human nature. I don't yeah. think it's a fault of anyone. I just think it's human nature. Absolutely. It's a great idea and a great wish. And I know that no matter what role you find yourself in out there, folks, you are going to like it. The book is Small List, Big Results. The author is Robbie Samuels. Robbie, thank you so much for sharing your wish with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.